before we get going, we want to mention Battle Bards. We're going to be using some of their sound effects in our show today, and so we wanted to mention that they have a, a great website, BattleBards.com, and they offer Prime subscriptions uh, they, that includes access to streaming sound effects, tools that you can use to bump up your game, and even if you use our 20% code, which is STACK, uh, you'll get a... Even if you use our special code STACK, you'll get a 20% discount on signing up for a Prime subscription. So check them out. They've got a lot of great sounds, all sorts of different things that you can use to enhance your game. BattleBards.com Before we get going today, the question I have is a little bit different than those that we've done in the past. So what I'm going to ask you, first of all, Meredith, give me a color. Yellow. Michael, give me a thing. A what? A thing. A thing. Uh, matchbook. And Thane, give me a name. Peter. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to use these elements to do just... We're going to make up an item that you might run across at some point in the game. So the yellow matchbook of Peter... What This is a, an exercise for world building that is fun to do sometimes. You just take random elements and squish them together and see what comes out. So what is the yellow matchbook of Peter? First of all, which Peter are we talking about? Is it the pumpkin eater? <laughs> not, not my Peter, no. I, I, I heard he had a wife and somehow couldn't keep her. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it's a... Uh... I don't know who Peter is. The first thing I thought of would be a matchbook where you could strike the matches no matter what. If it just got submerged in water, it's rained on you, it's been sat on or trampled. I like it, yeah. They could still be, they just always can be struck. You can always start a fire with them. Hmm. Now, who the Peter is, I don't know. Who somebody else can Some up. notable magician. Salt Peter? No, we don't want that. No. No, we do not. <laughs> okay. Well, sometimes we might. No. Sometimes. Never. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of a fun exercise you can do. Uh, if you're a DM and you're trying to figure out ways to expand your world, just uh, get some random facts or, or little elements like we just did and see what you can do to pull something together. But that's just a fun way of doing it. We forgot to add one detail. What's that? This matchbook is yellow. It is. Is there any significance to that? No. <laughs> you know, fire and light and always... You can always light your way. <laughs> Does it glow in the dark? No. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. A burrow hobbit? What's that? Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hello, everybody. This is Rhett, the Dungeon Master for Stack of Dice. We want to welcome you to our 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wombabash Benson Mom. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. 
The city of Ankar lies behind our intrepid friends, across a long stretch of white sand shimmering beneath a scorching sun. In the last episode, they left its relative safety, riding east into the desert wastes in search of the moving city of Jama. It is here they hope to find something of use in the quest given to them by the stag, what seems like years ago now. When we last left Tira, Bash, and Peter, they were approaching shelter from the sun, heading into the deliciously cool shadows of a rugged series of canyons. Hey, hey Tira, I was I was talking to I think his name is Fashan. Yes. Well, well, he said that darkness was going to fall across the land, and and I think he said like the midnight hour is close at hand. And he was also talking about creatures crawling in search of blood. Will they be terrorizing our neighborhood? I think so. And he said, whoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must uh, stand and face the hounds of hell and, and rot inside a corpse's shell. Foul stench in the air from those camels. Yeah, he said it was like a funk of 40,000 years. And grisly ghouls from every tomb, they were going to close in to seal our doom. What if we fight? Can we stay alive? No, he says our body is going to start to shiver. He said no mere mortal can resist this evil around us that's called the thriller. <laughs> what are you guys What are you guys talking about? You had to have been born earlier than the 80s to understand what we're talking the about. 80s. It's 1427 right now. <laughs> Happy Halloween Happy everyone. Halloween. Yay, Halloween. Welcome it's to close our to me. Welcome to our Halloween episode. Stack of Dice wants to wish you a safe and happy Halloween. It is drawing on toward evening, although it's still daytime. It's the sun is beginning to set. The trail leads into the dim light of the canyon. Above, the sky is a brilliant blue ribbon unmarred by clouds. Red rock reaches up and up and up. And at one point, a bird of prey circles overhead on silent wings. It doesn't take long for you to realize that the respite afforded by the sheltering rock isn't without its challenges. The passages become cruelly tight, forcing you to dismount every now and then. There are also hundreds of channels that open up in all directions. A wrong turn could cause you to become hopelessly lost. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how this guy knows how to get to Jama. I mean, we have to have a special map to kind of see where it moves. How does this guy know where we're going? I th- hadn't thought of that. Um, I made the trip yesterday. <laughs> you hear him call back over wow, his shoulder. Wow, he can hear what? <laughs> It's echoing all throughout this canyon. He has ears in the back of his head. <laughs> Wait, he went to Jama yesterday? So how long? And so, he's back already to show us how to get there. So are, are he, we, he came back from there yesterday. Uh, how, how long is it going to take for us to get to Jama? At our pace, mm, tomorrow morning, with a trip overnight. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay. It is a little cool in here, yes. <laughs> You said the sun's starting to go down? It's headed down. It's kind oh. of the long shadows of the afternoon sort of thing. Gotcha. So we're going to have to spend the night here, it looks like. No, we're going overnight. Are we, are we traveling overnight or are we, are we stopping? Traveling overnight. Oh, there's oh. no stopping. Okay. I wish I had one of those but what a, birds. Because I'm not familiar with the camels, right? <laughs> no. Uh, what, about, what about our animals? Aren't they going to need rest and water? They are rested. 
they were arrested? I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cut all that junk out. <laughs> no. Uh, I refuse. Yeah, basically, I mean, he, he makes this trip a lot, especially as Jama draws near. It makes a circuit. It goes from the eastern part of Setharban, almost like a smiley face, just a, a smile all the way to the west side, and then it, it just makes this loop hmm. continuously. What, what, what's it like in Jama? Oh, it's a city of wonders. Tents as big as houses. Houses as big as tents. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to ask or say or talk about while you're riding? Uh, I will say before you say anything, uh, the camels, there's an odd sway to them, and it's kind of lulling, but it's a good thing you had your experience on board the ship because mm. uh, you're, you're used to this rocking sensation. They are the ship of the desert. <laughs> I thought after we would be riding on them for a while, they would smell better, but they still pretty much stink. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, about another hour goes by, and if there's nothing in particular you want to do, you do pause maybe for two minutes or so to make sure the camels have a little sip of water from leather bags that are strung across their backs. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, he keeps a pretty steady... Pace. It's not wearing on you, but it's constant. You're continuing to wind your way through the gorges when all at once a hot wind blows directly and strongly in your face. Your camels shrink in the face of the blast, turning their heads to the side against your insistent tugging on the traces. Their long eyelashes squint against the sudden furnace blast and more importantly, the sting of sand that rattles along the stone walls. Shortly behind this, you see a yellow-green wall moving steadily down the gorge in your direction. You hear your guide shouting something into the wind, but most of his words are lost to you. The only word you can make out is, Simum! Before you can do anything, you are encircled in a choking cloud of dust. (coughs) What is this? I think he called it Samoom. Sean! Your words seem to be snatched from your lips by the wind, and even though um, you're next to Peter, Peter, you cannot hear anything she just said. All you can hear is a vague sense of sound, but you have no idea what she said. The wind is positively screaming down this gorge. Are there crevices in the, in the side canyon walls that we can kind of like jump down off of our camels and kind of get in? What is going on? Uh, you don't see anything. You basically, your world has been reduced to about a three foot radius around you. I'm um, going to scrabble around in my pack and, and wait. I'm assuming I would have put on that desert clothes, right? Yes. So I draw my headdress and wrap around my face and maybe jump down from the side of my camel and try to get him to lay down so I can huddle down behind his mass. It, uh, you wrap the cloth around your face and you're pulling at the, at the traces for your camel and it continues to stumble forward. It's trying desperately to get any kind of shelter out of this. You don't see anything that looks like shelter. Um, in fact, you can't even see the walls of the canyon, even though you're, you know that they're fairly close to you on either side. Your friends are reduced to the vaguest of shadows, and only the guttural braying of camels gives you any indication that you're all still somewhat together. Then, miraculously, from ahead, you can hear a voice calling to you. 
The words are indistinct, but in this world of confusion, they're all you have to go by. You can see a form waving wildly up ahead. I draft my camel towards him. Okay. When you approach, the figure seems to move quickly ahead of you. From time to time, the crazy echoes in the canyon seem to shift suddenly, and the guiding cry becomes the sound of weeping that rises above the wind. Your camels are struggling now, their lungs filling with the fine dust in the air as they labor forward. One of them stumbles and collapses to its knees. That's yours, Tira. Your camel. Come on, come on! <coughs> I'm gonna try and find a piece of cloth that I can wrap around his nose and its muzzle. Here! <coughs> here! Stop moving! Come here! Uh, it holds somewhat still. <coughs> Did I get it around his nose? Yeah, you've got your uh, the piece of cloth wrapped somewhat loosely around its muzzle. Mm-hmm. And that seems to help somewhat. It manages to struggle back up to its feet. And as it's doing that, you hear a cry come from your left. A cry of distress? No, just kind of like a trying to get your attention. Oh. And I look, who, who's there? <coughs> you can't make it out, but looking in that direction through the swirling maelstrom's debris, you see a black slit in the canyon wall. It's impossible to tell how deep it might be, but any shelter at this point is preferable. Heading over there. Your poor camels are foaming at the mouth and groaning. They're pulling their heads back in the wind. Am I behind uh, Tira or in front? I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to tell, but you also hear that cry and you see the the shelter off to the I'm going to go over there. Do I hear the cry? (coughs) Yes. Okay. I head over as well. So you all make your way over. As soon as you step in to this narrow, by narrow, I mean maybe about five feet wide, Uh, You step in, and at first, with the exception of Tira, it looks like a a niche in the wall, just cut into the wall. And at first, it's also very natural looking. The rock is rough here. What do I notice? Your camels immediately flop to the floor, and their heads just go straight out in front of them in the way that camels do. And one of them actually begins snoring immediately. I mean, they are worn out by this. Tira... You're, you're all immensely grateful to be out of the scouring wind. Uh, from outside, the wind shrieks past the cavern entrance. Thankfully, the windward side projects just a bit further than the leeward, with the result that the worst of the raging storm blows right past your shelter. The smell of dust fills your nostrils, and you wonder if you'll ever be able to smell anything else ever again. Tira, your eyes can detect the faintest of green glows down the dark passage, it actually opens out behind you, and it immediately becomes apparent that this is not a natural cave, but one that was formed by people. (coughs) (coughs) Um, I can see, I see light ahead. I think we should head deeper in. I think there may be more space back there. Why is it green? (laughs) Boogers are green. (laughs) I don't know. I think I think this cave is actually made by somebody. I don't think this is a natural cavern. If you want to do a stone cutting check, you Ooh, can. Oh, yeah. I will do that. It's a history check. Okay. History, history, history. And it's with your proficiency. Terrible roller. All right, so that would be a total of 11. Okay. Uh, you realize that this is ancient stonework. And you can even recognize some of the tools, the adzes that were used in the shaping of this tunnel. 
uh, it doesn't appear to be dwarven construction. In fact, it looks like human construction. It's sturdy, but nothing exemplary. Yeah. It's just, there, there's obvious signs of, of tool work in here. I think it was made by humans. This is not dwarven design. But I don't know, there may be someone back there. I, I don't know. I think we should head further in and get away from the storm. I will say the camels are going nowhere. They're enough out of the dust and the wind mm-hmm. that they are sheltered, but they're so beat that they're not. In fact, they're, they're all three asleep now. All right. Well, Fashan, you say you make this trip all the time. Fashan and... is not with you. What? He is not with you. Somehow what? he seems to have gotten separated. It is just the three of you. Fashan? Might he be deeper in the cave? I, did anyone see him come in with us? I didn't. I didn't. Peter? No. We, <laughs> we just lose our guide? Is he still out in the storm? I don't know that we can go out and look for him. I couldn't see anything out there. Could either of you? No, no I couldn't. Yeah, once you drop that cloth away from your face, yeah. there's a distinct line yeah. uh, where your skin was not touched as much by the dirt. What happened to him? I don't know, but I, he probably does this all the time, so he, he should be okay. Oh, yeah, but he was our guide. I know, but we'll have to wait till the storm goes down, and we couldn't have gone too far, I don't think. At the very least, the map showed us that the city was practically straight east from here. All we have to do is just make sure we're heading east. Well, I was going to say, I was going to ask Fishon to stay here with the camels to let them rest while we go check out the cave. Well, we can leave them here. They're not going anywhere because they look like they're asleep. Well, and as sure as we can leave them unattended, we'll come back and all three have gotten up after the storm ceases and head out of the cave. You can hear the sound of camel snoring. <laughs> well, let, like, let's at least tie all three of them together. They won't right. get that far. That's a, that's a good idea. Let's tie them all together, and I, I want to head into the cave. I'm not staying out here. <laughs> well, then let's go. Okay. Peter, are you coming? Yeah, I'm coming. The shaped tunnel extends before you maybe 30 feet. And then in the room beyond is where the green glow is coming from. Okay. I assume we all just head down okay. into the depths. I think now, I'm in the front. Okay, Tira is leading the way, followed by uh, me. Wamberbash. Wamberbash, yeah. and then uh, Peter is bringing up the rear. The okay. And this is all going to progress in your minds from left to right. It's a straight shot just for your reference. When you emerge from the tunnel, you stand in a strangely shaped room. Looking at it from above, you would best describe it as a triangle, and you've just entered at the tip end. Directly opposite you is the triangle's base, with an archway decorated with geometric patterns centered on that far wall. What takes your breath away, first of all, um, Tyr is the only one who can see right now unless you're lighting torches. I will light a torch. Uh, You hear a clack, clack, and then a snap as sparks catch, and the pitch on your torch catches fire, and now you have a flickering light going that you can see by. Uh, Wamberbash, are you doing anything? Uh, No, I'm not. You're just going to go based on Peter's light? Yep. Peter, once you light that up, all three of you see clearly something that takes your breath away. There are murals on all three walls of this room, and they're done in several panels. 
uh, their mosaic depictions with angular people wearing flowing robes. The workmanship appears to be ancient, yet the colors of the tesserae, the pieces that make up the mosaic, are somehow brilliant with vivid whites, greens, yellows, reds, and blues. Deep black pieces shimmer here and there, reflecting the light from your torches. Deep black pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. Like stones? They're all pieces of stone. Or like like more more like gems of some sort? You're welcome to... I'm going to go up and see if I can touch one of these black stones. Okay, you do. It's glossy to the touch, uh, very slick, but it seems to be... Basically just a black piece of the same kind of stone that made the rest of the mosaic. Okay. Nothing. Sorry, I thought star stone or something. Mm, No. Is it onyx? It has something of that look to it. It's the glossy finish to it and a deep black. What? I'm looking around the walls, I guess. What what are these? Are you guys seeing this? What are the people doing in the murals? Okay. Uh, Again, this is done in a series of panels that go, starting on your right, they go down that long wall, and then there's a panel from that right corner to where the door begins on the opposite wall. And then on the other side of the door to the left corner is another panel, and then that left wall is another panel. So a total of four panels. In the first panel... As you're walking along it with your torch, I can see you tracing your hand on the wall and just your eyes drinking everything in as you walk. A glowing figure in the sky smiles down upon happy people working in fields. In addition to the workers wielding all sorts of unfamiliar farming implements and the rows of grain in the background, there seems to be a royal procession in the foreground. There are several figures, men and women, in what looks like priestly garb, and at their head is one who is head and shoulders taller than the others. Upon his head is a crown composed of rich cloth and gold, with a red stone set in its center. At his side is a queen whose garb is no less resplendent. The faces all have smiles on them, but something about the queen's seems less genuine than the others. It appears to portray a land of great prosperity. So you're welcome to ask any questions about that or revisit any part of it. Hmm. This must be someplace different than where we are now, unless where we are now really changed over time. Because this looks look like, like that here. yeah, it doesn't look like anything that we've seen coming here. Peter, do you recognize the figure in the sky? Not well. Do I? You don't. Okay, I don't. I thought maybe it would be Vasham. Where's the green light coming from? Against that far wall, opposite where you came in, there's a hallway through that archway, and beyond that archway is where the green light seems to be coming from. It's not in this room. You were seeing it down a couple of different hallways Mm. in a line. This place is pretty big. I I wonder if if Vashan has ever seen this place before. I wish he was here. I wonder what could have happened to him. Oh, well, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad we don't have his stuff. What about this one over here? What is this? What is that? You move into the second panel? Yes. Okay. This panel depicts a throne room scene. The same king sits on a throne attended by his followers. His right hand is over the heads of several figures who all seem to be in some sort of ecstasy. Their hands reach up and their faces appear to be enraptured with the honor he is showing them. His left hand, which is balled into a fist, 
is over the queenly figure who appears to be weeping. She has turned her head, and her hands have dropped lifelessly at her sides. Again, this is the panel from the right corner of this triangular room to the archway. Okay. What about the next one? Peter just stalks on with the torch, and the other two are standing there in the darkness. So from the archway to the left corner, you see a figure in the midst of creeping darkness who has crept up on the heavenly figure and plunged a wicked dagger into its back, causing the smiling entity to shatter into hundreds of pieces. Some of these pieces are larger and remain in the heavens, but tiny fragments rain down on the people below. One piece seems to strike the regal figure with the crown in the head, and he falls down dead. What is this? It looks like... I understand some of this, but that's me, not Peter. Oh. Blast. I was going to be like, tell us! (laughs) Do tell! I mean, I can, but I probably shouldn't. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Not fear. This is clearly telling a story of some legend or something that happened. I mean, we first had the king and his bride. It seemed like the beginning... Mm -hmm. What color is the entity again that's uh, split into... Is it green? What entity? The entity, the, enti- the entity that's on the wall, the, the godlike figure that's uh, on the wall. It was glowing, that's all. But is it glowing green or is it just glowing? Like, in other words, like... There's no color. Is it wa- okay, okay. There, is it just the, way the, the way the lines are done makes it look like there's a glow around it. I see. It, but no color. And this figure stabbed it and it broke into several pieces some of it came down some of it stayed in the heavens some of it came down yeah and both the dark figure and the glowing figure shattered how many pieces how many intact pieces are in the heavens it looks like 18 large pieces how many small pieces came down those are innumerable innumerable okay it's almost like a rainstorm falling on the earth below on on the vardalon below and one of them (laughs) one of them hit uh hit the king in the head yes and he died yes he's died peter uh feels like there's some kind of symbolic meaning behind the 18 bodies staying in the heavens can i like uh tell what that is do a religion check okay i thought i thought i would like leave out me saying religion check so that way i could just no, without okay. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't sneak by. Oh, that's a twelve. That's fine. You so, make the connection. Yes. Okay. So I know that there are in total eighteen gods that um, that are worshipped in Vardalon. Um, nine of them are more like positive, and nine of them are more negatively. Charged. Good and evil, you mean? That's not. That's not what it. We wouldn't say good and evil, but some of them are just uh, more positive, like Vasham, the god of healing. It's more of a positive thing. But then there's also Indatis, like that bear lady, who's like Indatis, take you all on through the spear over our wall, um, in the battle at, at our. No, I know. Yeah. What you but mean? she uh, she said Indatis, take you all. And he's the god of death, and so that's a bit, bit more of a negatively charged. She said in Pharos. In Pharos. In Pharos. I find it interesting that uh, it seems as though all those gods were one at one time until they were stabbed and broken into several pieces. But that's nonsense. Everyone knows that the gods were like that since time immemorial. Well, apparently whoever made this mural didn't know that. Look at this mural. They were one at one time. It wasn't until it was stabbed that they broke into these pieces. Hmm. 
You can't deny what you see with your eyes. <laughs> Be silent, Wombat. <laughs> Hold thy tongue. <laughs> anyway, so I, I just, I just kind of like turn abruptly and go onto the next panel. Okay. I wonder what these pieces that came down and and also the ones that hit the king in the head and he died. Like, I wonder. You don't think those are stones, are you? Like our our stones? I was thinking that that might explain our star stones. It seems like they're scattered all over the world. And if these are pieces of the gods, then that would explain the strange power they seem to confer on everybody. Can I put my stone up to the uh, up to the mural to see if anything happens? You hold your stone up. I'm just going to raise my arm because it's on my bracelet. Sure. Uh, nothing seems to happen. Uh, you do hear weeping coming from the next room, though. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna what, could it be that queen who's like weeping in the? <laughs> Second it could be. This is, this is clearly an ancient story. That's true. Well, let's go check it out. Now, there is one more we, we panel. Have, Do you wait, want to... Wait, oh. there's, there's yeah. more to this story. No, let's, let's just forget the panel. Let's go. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Wonder fine if you choose no, to. No, I'm just no, joking. No, I want to yeah, the rest of the story. Let's take a look at the next panel. Hey, Peter, if you would, can you hold up the torch? Oh, I'm already going over there. Starting in that corner and heading back toward the entrance where you came in, a procession bears the dead king to a tomb in the ground. His closest followers are all brought there and killed, although they seem to glory in the self-sacrifice since their faces are still smiling. One face is not smiling, however, that of the queen. Like the royal servants, she too is brought to the tomb, but she is obviously weeping and wringing her hands as her life is ended. What is this? This I don't very, understand this at all. This is all creepy. This is all very dark business. Again, as you're standing there contemplating and conferring amongst yourselves, you hear again a terrible sound, a gulping, gasping sort of cry, as if the one crying can't get enough air. It seems to be coming through that decorated archway. Do you going, hear that? I'm going to pull out my mace and lead the way into the archway. Keep taking my... That's supposed to be me. <laughs> I have the shield. I'm supposed to be the reckless one. When you guys just... go first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wamberbash. After you. Anyway, I'm just going to pull up my mace and lead with my torch over my head. You follow behind Peter the little yeah. wisps of uh, the, the torch <laughs> flowing in the air behind him like fireflies. As you approach this room through the connecting hallway, the greenish glow Tira noticed back at the entrance to this place intensifies, taking the form of a luminescent green mist that hovers along the distant wall of the four-sided room. The sound of weeping has definitely been coming from this room, yet the moment you set foot in it, the weeping stops. Hmm. There appears to be no exit from this room, although there are several archways adorned with the same geometric patterns along the left wall. Each one seems to open into a shallow alcove. Wait, is there anyone in here? No. no Hello? Who's there? Are there any what seems to be like burial um, remains or anything like that, like uh, in in any of these alcoves? Not uh, in the alcoves. You're going to go check them out? Yes. Okay. The first alcove contains several stone bins, And inside these bins, they are maybe two feet tall, two feet wide. So uh, imagine almost like uh, baskets made out of stone. Inside of these are these 
fist-sized balls of black flaking substance, and that's all you see in the first alcove. The second alcove contains a low stone table, and it's absolutely littered with treasure. But as you step in, your eyes adjust to the flickering torchlight. You see a skeleton on the floor here. Its hand has reached up and has grabbed onto the handle of a cup. There's, again, a glittering array of treasure scattered across the surface of this table, the skeleton holding onto the handle of a cup, and then three discs that stand out prominently on this table. What is going on here? And in the third alcove, it's empty of anything except for a bundle of sticks, and the sticks are of different length. Each stick is perfectly straight and one inch in diameter. So I'm kind of looking into the the treasure alcove. Uh, What about these discs is so prominent besides maybe their placing? Uh, Each one is a circle with what looks like a socket built into the bottom of it. And then in the middle of each disc is a stone set, a, a colored stone. One is red, one is blue, one is green. And then engraved around the edge of each disc is different symbols. Uh, One looks like waves of water around the blue stone. One looks like flames of fire around the red stone. And one looks like boughs of trees around the green stone. How many sticks are in the room that is empty of anything other than those sticks at different sizes? Probably a bundle of 20. And they're all bound up. Uh, what size, what, what diameter is, what about, is the socket in each of these discs? About one inch. Okay. I'm just going to grab one of the sticks and just kind of like, uh, without touching one of the discs, wedge it into the blue one. Okay. You have managed to wedge the end of the stick. I'll say it's a six foot long stick into the socket of the disc. Peter, what are you doing? I have a very bad feeling about touching these, but I feel like they're important. Um, the first one was like some black flaky matter. In that, these. that was the first alcove. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the first one. Is there anything else in the room other than these alcoves? Uh, why don't the- you give me a an investigation check? And if either of you want to help in this, you can certainly go investigate your own part. I'm going to investigate the um, black flaky material in the first alcove. Okay. That's a 15 for me. Where is, let's start with Thane. Uh, where is Peter investigating? Out if, in the main room? Uh, yes. Okay. You notice in the middle of the room, the open part of the room, there is a hole in the floor that appears to be several inches deep and one inch in diameter. Hmm. Uh, Michael, what did you roll? Uh, 18. And you're looking at the... The black flake spheres or something? Yeah. Uh, they're Again, they're about fist-sized, and there's just a whole pile of them in one in a couple of these stone bins. As you're going through it, you pick them up, and when you lift them, there's this interesting smell that comes off of them as parts of them flake off. When you were a child, you remember reading books in your father's library and seemed to recall that this was called pitch uh, based on the smell it described you remember it being described as a very strong smell and even though it's much fainter than you would have imagined uh, perhaps it's attributable to how old it is what are, what is on the walls in the room with uh, the hole in the middle of the okay roll me another perception check 
And you're going for 10 or higher. What if I didn't get a 10? <laughs> Maybe I'll have a look around. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look around. <laughs> and I got an 11 straight off. That's fine. Tira, you see Womberbash step out of his alcove mm-hmm. holding... Uh, are you still holding one of the... Yes. Okay. He's holding a one of those black fist-sized balls. And he's standing there staring at the wall quizzically. You can see from his shoulders he's just intently mm-hmm. looking. Mm-hmm. So you go back there and you catch a silvery glint. And as you stand there, you notice there are three projections on the wall that you came through to get into this room. What are these? Um, there's something sticking out of the wall here. There are three projections with some interesting attachments. Imagine a, a shallow stone bowl that's built into the wall and just sticking out, almost like a, a stone shelf sticking out, but it's hollowed out. And inside each of these bowls, it's stained black, and each rim has two things sticking off of it. One of the things sticking off is a piece of polished metal on a swiveling arm. The other is a glass lens on a separate swiveling arm. What shape is the polished metal in? It's rectangular. Just like, like is it flat rectangular or is it like a blocker? It's like a sheet of metal that's been polished to a high sheen. Okay. So is it like a cutting surface or? It's vertical. Um, And you said there's another swing arm with a lens on it? Yes. So on each of these three bowls, there is a polished piece of metal and a lens. Hmm. Is there light coming into this room at all? No. Hmm. And you said there was like a green mist, right? Mm-hmm. The green mist still continues to hover along the far wall. Peter, what are you doing while they're investigating that wall? I'm looking at the far wall. Okay. Uh, why don't you roll me another perception? That's a three. The mist seems to be particularly thick at the moment. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> How high are the are the bulls off the ground? They are above your eye level. My eye level or his? Womberbashes, which is not a whole lot higher than yours, but it is higher. But I can reach them if I want you, to. You can definitely reach them. Okay, so I'd like to take three uh, pitch balls mm-hmm. and put them put one in each of the bowls. Okay, you do so. Okay. All right, um, I'm done. That's <laughs> okay. all I've got. Uh, what, what are you trying to do, Wanderbash? What do you? I don't well, understand. Well, I mean, it looks like they're kind of stained black, and so this pitch is like black. And well, what just, about that glass? What does that have to do with anything? I don't. I don't know. I don't know about Can the you metal. You look through it. I don't understand. It, it kind of reminds me of the glass in that brass tube we tried to buy. Oh yeah, they are very similar. So. I don't know. Try looking through it. Do you see anything? No, it just makes it look like it's bigger. You you have a lot of difficulty in getting up that high. Mm. Here, I could come and boost Tira up if you need. The voice comes from behind you over by over by the distant wall. (laughs) Tira goes into her room. I would think I would think Tira would feel it undignified to be lifted up. I I don't know if I want to be standing with shoulders. You know what I mean? Nobody throws a dwarf. That's right. Uh, Throw me. <laughs> don't tell the elf. Um, I, I don't understand what we're, supposed to, what we're supposed to be doing in here. And I really don't understand what happened to that. I know I heard a weeping. You guys, you heard the weeping, didn't you, Bash? I heard the weeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Peter. Oh, hi. 
well, I didn't know hi, you were here. Peter. <laughs> well, hi, Mark. I'm gonna I'm gonna move all the uh, lens pieces to the fo- to focal to be a focal point on to um, or to focus toward the middle where the I assume that hole in the in the floor is in the middle, correct? It is in the middle of the open area of the room. Okay. The arms do not permit. Uh, the lens is to point down quite that far. Okay, so, um, okay. The arms allow the lenses to basically swivel out in front of the stone bowl. Okay. Right. But they have a range down maybe a a 60-degree arc. Okay. But they don't point all the way down toward that hole in the floor. Okay. 60 may be too much. Um, Can they all point toward the alcove in the middle, I I guess, with with the the skull reaching for the cup? They can. Okay. I feel like my brain is in a blanket. I'm somehow not understanding how these things go together and what we're supposed to be. I'll draw what I think I see. I'm going to draw it really generic. I may have to post the map after the fact too. I'm going to look up at the camera in the corner and say, "I need a, I need a hint." Yeah, I'd like to phone a friend, please. Is this some kind of escape room? So there's these bowls here, and there's the. And we walked in the door here. Yeah, okay. under, under underneath, or essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. So let, let me just recap here to okay. make sure I've sure. painted a clear picture. The room that you are in currently is square it's got four sides Mm -hmm. on the left wall of the room compared to how you came into the room there are three alcoves that run the length of the room the wall through which you entered to get into this room has three stone bowls sticking out of it okay there is a hole in the middle of the room it appears to be a few inches deep and an inch in diameter Mm -hmm. and then the far wall a green mist is floating and apparently obscuring the wall. Oh, so we can't really even see that far wall. Right, because like the a mist, mist coming out from the base of it and, and going up? It's all along that wall. So Peter came from over there, but didn't really see anything through the mist. What's the smallest stick size? Smallest is about one foot tall. Seems like there's some kind of puzzle we're supposed to do. A challenge, oh no. I feel like we're we're letting them down. At the moment, we have a pitch ball in each of the bowls. Correct. And I believe we have to put a stick with a disc in the middle of this room. Sticking how high up, I do not know. Um, But the discs are in the room with the treasure on the floor? They can be taken out, though, I would imagine. So, um, Yeah, one of them actually has a stick in it. Oh, yeah, because Peter holding... stuck a stick in the blue Oh, one. you brought it out? I'm holding that stick. Okay, so mm-hmm. Thane has, or... He has the blue one. Peter has the water disc with the blue stone mounted on a six-foot-tall stick, and he is wandering around the room with it, waving it. <laughs> hey, guys, I got a disc on a stick. <laughs> what is that? Where did you get that? It's from the, the alcove over there with the skeleton. You picked up the disc with the stick. What yeah. are the other ones? There's a green one with trees on it and a red one with fire on it. I wonder if these somehow need to match up with the three different basins. I am really at a loss here. So I'm thinking... Um, Was there some lesson we were supposed to learn from the murals in the so, previous room that's so, going to help so us the, with this? So the... Um, the sti- what's the tallest stick? Can the, can said six can, feet. Can no. We, no. Can we match the height of one of the discs with the stone even with the glass 
in front of the that can swing in front of the uh, uh, pitch balls. I believe all of you are under six feet, and so the six foot stick is the longest one and would put the disc at about the height of the uh, of the stone bowls. Okay, and they're all level. <laughs> they're all level. All right, so I'm going to. Um, we've got pitch skeleton. <laughs> I'm imagining. So let's put let's put the stick in the middle of the room, Peter, with yeah. the blue one that you currently have. Okay. Uh, and let's f- turn it to where it's facing the um, the bowl in the middle. It, the, the the other two are flanking on the other side, and have it thing. I'm going to swing the glass around. Uh, sling the gra- the gas lens around in front of the a bowl to sort of line up with that, with that um, stone, and can you shine your torch behind the disc, hopefully causing light to come out of and through the blue stone into the disc onto the pitch ball. Wow, that's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to after he relays to me all these instructions. I'm going to like confusedly walk over to the other end of the room stick the pole into the ground and then just kind of like stand there like okay now what <laughs> okay so you now have a six foot pole with a blue disc mounted on top of it yes in the center hole of the room yeah and peter standing there looking for further direction as Wombert bash is doing what i'm gonna walk over to peter i'm gonna slap him <laughs> then i'm going to take the torch out of his hand and put it up behind the disc Causing light to hopefully come through. That's the disc is standing up. Indiana Jones and the. Yeah, the, the, I, was, I was about to yeah, say this is some it, Indiana Jones. If you've seen Indiana Jones, where he's in the Raiders of the Lost Ark and he's down in the model room, and he has a disc mounted on a stick. That's the that's the idea. Mm-hmm. It's like like a vertical a vertical disc standing on top of a pole, and in the vertical disc is a stone, a blue stone. So once I push or lift up the, the, the light behind the disc, so to speak, does anything happen? Light filters through the blue stone, but not in any amount of strength. I see. Okay. Um, what about if we nab the red stone? <laughs> Tira's about to well, go into a rage. I think it's going to be the <laughs> same, right? Tira's about to go into a rage. Because if, even if we put the, the, it's not enough light to shine through the stones. Maybe you should shine the light through the lens. Set fire well, to the pitch. Bo- <gasps> Can we set fire to the pitch? Yes. In the, in yes. The... Let Let's set fire to the pitch. And then there's it's what, what type of metal are those little sheets on the arms? It's Some kind of... it's a silvery metal. Silvery. Okay. And it's because again because I know like some some it's... Greek guy used bronze mirrors to set fire to a ship back when Greek was still in its heyday. You're probably Greek? thinking of Archimedes. Archimedes. And that's what I was thinking of. You're probably thinking of a story that was. Made up, but that the was idea made up. Was there. Oh. Anyway, okay. So let's let's set fire to that pitch ball in the middle there. That's even with the blue stone, and um, let's see what happens. And I will move the lens in front of it, hopefully to focal any light from. It's still a fire ball, though. It's still fire compared to like the torch on your. It might. But okay, but I mean, let's just try it. See what yeah, happens. Okay. Let's do it. The fire is lit in the middle bowl. Mm-hmm. Light does go through the lens, and it looks much stronger. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do with the metal plate? I'm going to uh, put the metal plate behind us. Can I swing it behind the bowl? Therefore, the it, the light reflects off of the, the wall that's now a metal plate, so it's it, the metal plate's going to focus it more through that focus lens. Yes. 
it looks much stronger and it shoots through the blue stone. Uh, it, the ensuing light that comes through the blue stone doesn't seem quite strong enough to reach the distant wall. What we need to do is do this with all, all three. three with all three and kind of angle them, I guess, to focus in on this blue stem. Yeah, let's do it. So we light the fires and we focus the, um, the lenses, lenses on that middle point and then we move the metal plates to focus the light even more. Okay, you do that. All three bowls, all three lenses, all three metal plates are now focused on this central point of the room and a... The focus light shoots toward the stone, and once it goes through the stone, there is a thin blue line that shoots all the way across the room toward the far wall. It hits the wall through the mist, and the mist begins to writhe, and that weeping sound begins again. There's that gulping, gasping, crying that turns quickly menacing, and the the mist parts As it parts, you notice something that catches your eye very briefly before it coalesces again, and you hear an angry voice saying something, but it sounds mad, whatever it is. What was that? I don't know, but clearly the blue one is not correct. Let's try the green one, seeing as the mist is green. Okay. So we take the stick out and the blue disc off, and we put the green tree or plant disc on it. We stick it in the... uh, so doozy, doozy Mahal, and then um, what happens now with the green beam? The same initial description, the light focuses through the stone, a green beam shoots out of the stone toward the far wall, and the same effect, that mist roils again, parts again, you see something that catches your eye before it closes back over the wall, and an angry voice now says a couple of things that, you again, you don't know what it says, and a face appears in the mist. A oh, face no. that looks familiar. It's the face of the queen from the previous room. Did you see that? And then it goes oh, back to mist. Could this be magic? Well, duh, no, cut that out. <laughs> this is most definitely magic. Okay, the only one we haven't tried yet is the, the red, red one. one. The red one. What, every time we do this... It, the reaction's getting stronger and worse. Also, well, there's we'll, no other holes, so it's not like we can do all three at the same time, right? I, I suppose not. Um, I was also uh, wanting to ask, what's the thing that catches our eye? Can we tell, or is it just... Why don't you give me another investigation check on that far wall? Everybody? Yeah, let's do uh, it. 13. Natural 20. My okay, Thanks, got it. <laughs> Tira, you start to have that feeling like, I, I know... And then Peter steps forward and says, I know what it is. I know what that is. I know what that is. And let me get to where it is. Each time the mist parted and left a gap in it from where the light was lancing through, with a little difficulty, you could see a scorched area of the wall about a foot below where the beam was hitting. The scorch mark is on the head of a depiction of the king from the first chamber. He's in a mural on this wall. The ashy residue isn't thick enough to completely obscure the king's elaborate crown with its red stone. Oh, red stone. We red stone. The red one. All right, so let's the, the red one. Let's do the, let's do the red. Let's see what happens. Okay, so switching out the red stone on the six-foot stick, mm-hmm. you go back and you put 
the stick into the hole and again light focuses, light lances through the redstone and a beam shoots across the room, hits the wall and again the mist parts and the angry voice is even louder and angrier. She's almost spitting with fury now. What is she saying? Can you guys understand what she's saying? I have no, no idea. idea. But does does the mist, you know, close back in again? It does close back in. What 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 do you remember from what I described? There was a scorch mark on the king's face. What about, if we about, about the crown? About right a, right below it. Right below his face. Okay, so we should lower the stick maybe uh, a little bit. Let's get a smaller, a shorter stick. Okay. Uh, let's do it. This was a six foot? Yes. Uh, let's do a five foot stick. Okay. I, I go and grab a, uh, a stick that's roughly one foot less. Okay. And you swap out the disc on this one? Yeah. Focus. Insert it into the hole in Focus the floor. Focus the lenses. And then, yeah, yeah and, and, and readjust the lenses. You readjust the lenses and everything happens as before and this time there's almost a sigh from the mist as it parts the red light hits right on the red jewel of the king's crown and a door that was previously hidden in this wall slides down into the floor revealing a passageway beyond the mist immediately begins to flow into the new hallway the newly exposed hallway and proceed forward do we all go through, or does one stay behind just in case the door closes and we can't get back out? So we could do this exercise again to reopen the door, or do we all go through? We know for a fact that I'm not staying here because I'm coming with whoever's going in. <laughs> <laughs> what say you, Tira? I'm going. I don't like it when we get split up. All I right, think we need all three of us. All right, let's all go together. Okay. We enter the room. You walk down a, another 30-foot hallway, and when you come through this doorway into the next room, it's even more strangely shaped. It has five sides. You've entered in the middle of a flat wall, and on the side of the room directly opposite you, the tip points away from you. At its widest point, so where the two widest angles are, mm -hmm. stairs, a series of deep stairs elevates the opposite end of the room several feet so that there's a platform. The ceiling of the room is high and domed and is lost in shadow. From your vantage point, you can see that atop the platform there are several things of interest. There's a stone pedestal, although you can't tell from here if there's anything on it. Behind the pedestal you see the white bone of large ribs sticking up. Then to either side of the pedestal are several large wooden chairs and a body sits in each, four in all. The mist is flowing up the stairs and surrounding the pedestal. Huh. I'm going to go up and see if I can get near the pedestal. You can definitely get near the pedestal as you get close to it and your, your feet are wading through this green mist on the floor. You feel a chill run up your legs and through you. But on the pedestal, you can see a very curiously manufactured metal piece. It appears to be a large, flat, square piece. Can I take it? You can. I take it. You see Peter, I guess you two are still down below. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you see Peter reach forward and he grabs this metal piece. As he does so, a large chime rings throughout the chamber, echoing. It seems to run through your bones. And then the four figures in the chairs all stand up. Put that, put that back Peter. down. I put it back. I put it back. One of them lumbers toward you, Peter. Well, I have my mace out because... And I as really... it comes, it raises its arms, and you can see horrible-looking claws on the ends, and it throws its hands forward, and the three run down the stairs toward Tira and Womberbash. We're going to have to have a talk, Let's Peter. roll for initiative. <laughs> oh, boy. Six total. It's hard to read by candlelight. Okay. It's nine for Wammer Bash. Uh, six for Tira. Mm-hmm. Ten for Peter. Wow, ten is the highest you got. The m- monsters get to go first. The three move at superhuman speed. Their feet pound down the stairs. The first one leaps at you, Womberbash. I envision you being a little bit closer to the stairs. Rolls a 10. What is your armor class? 15. 15. Uh, That is not going to hit. The second one lunges for you, Tira. Rolls a 10 also. That's not going to hit. And the third one also leaps from the stairs in your direction, Tira. And rolls an 11, that's not going to hit. All three, maybe they're just a little stiff from sitting in the chairs for a thousand years, but they throw themselves at you with no effect. Meanwhile, up on top of the platform, Peter, the one by you, slings those nasty-looking claws at you and misses. Okay. This was a terrible round for the monsters. (laughs) Not for us. Okay, Peter, you are next. All right, I'm going to... Uh, seeing as my mace is already out, just whack him on the head, or at least try to. (sighs) (laughs) I love that sound. That's a nine. That is a miss. So it's just uh, trading of whiffs up there. Hey, kind of like our fight with the first mate. That's right. Womberbash, it is your turn, then Tira. Um, Two side points for bestial form, tough hide. Okay. My armor class is now 17. Your skin thickens appropriately. And um, I'm going to take my um, short sword. Not your panadas? No, because I'm not really, I don't really know how to use it yet. I was just swinging it like a little child before. (laughs) Um, I'm going to take my short sword and I'm going to swing at the uh, one that came at me. Okay. Now remember, if you use your panabas, you'll roll with disadvantage now, but it's working toward proficiency. Right, right. Okay, all right. Let's see. Yeah, it's eight. I got 20, 18. That is a hit. Yeah. And that's going to be a four. Okay, and that is it for you. Mm-hmm. Tira. All right, pull out my great axe and uh, take a swipe at the one who left at me. Are you using your fancy one or your old one? Um, a fancy one. Okay. You slide your new axe out of its holster and take a swipe at the one. Yes. Right, trying to cleave them in two sideways. Well, that's a 18. That's a hit. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Here we go. So 14 damage. 
Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, Do you want to say anything while you do that? (laughs) You would ask. Uh, (laughs) I want to hear what great things Tira has to say. This is what you get. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one for Bash can quit for me. I don't think Tira says anything. It's just going to kind of be a nice dwarven warrior growl. war cry. Okay. War cry. Yeah. Okay. Aww. It is back to me. Peter up above, your opponent attacks you and hits. Yeah. And so his claws sink through a weak point in your armor and oof. Oh. <laughs> You take 14 points of damage. (laughs) Guys. And you need to do a DC 10 constitution saving throw. Guys. (laughs) Its face leers at you as the fingers rake across you. Well, that's a 11 total. You just made it. Okay. You feel a sting and an itching sensation following immediately after the scratches that you received from his talons but that's it uh, they're going to burn for sure down below Wamberbash, your opponent attacks you rolls a 15 i don't think that's going to be enough your armor class is 17, 17 okay yeah. no it just misses guys he took half my hit points tira in one move. that's a miss and another miss man uh, i think your one that you hit is really <laughs> Uh, thrown off by that attack. So now it is Peter's, then Bash's, then Tira's turn. Okay. I'm going to go with the mace again. Please work. Okay, that's a 22. That's passable. That's a hit? Yeah. Uh, I roll this and deal a whopping three points of damage. <laughs> He's still kind of It hisses at you. <laughs> Guys, I need help. Down below, Bash. Um, have you dealt any damage on him besides just that little three? No, that's it. Nope. Okay. I'm going to expel... Um... Oh. I'll have to do this next time. I've been missing something. Okay. I'm going to expel... Um, uh, how, high is that, how high is that ledge? I'm going to say it's about eight feet elevated from the floor. Okay. That you're standing on. I'm going to do one side point. Mm-hmm. Uh, to jump up there, right on top of that skeleton that is attacking Peter. Okay, it's not a skeleton. It, it does have flesh on it. Oh, okay. So a uh, zombie or? You don't know. Okay. Uh, but as you leave your area with your mighty leap, you are going to incur an attack of opportunity. Okay. And I'm going to, uh, with two hands, I mean, as much as I can on a short sword, just come down right on top of okay. that bag. Let me right? resolve this first okay. and then you can do your attack. Uh, he falls down and apparently breaks an arm. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> the the thing attacking you does not does not have it together. <laughs> so you spring out and maybe that just throws him off balance and he sits down backward. And now you are going to execute your attack. Go ahead and describe it again. Um, so um, as I as I jump up to the top ledge, I mean I, I've aimed to come right down on top of this this creature okay and with two with two hands on my short sword i'm gonna come right down just slicing right down on top of him okay do it Um, you know what i'm gonna expel a luck point okay (laughs) thank you now 
What did you roll? I rolled a six. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. You got to take this that's one. It's a five. Okay. Womp, you hear, uh, do you want to say anything as you're flying through the air? <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> I'm going to say you fall about five feet, or a couple feet short of this creature and end up rolling into it, rolling up to it and bumping into its leg gently. Okay. All right. <laughs> and it stares down at you with mm. terrible black eyes. Tira, you have two with you. Uh, what's the state of the one I've already hit? Is he facing me or is he still? They're both facing you. They're both facing you. Oh, well, okay. I'm just going to, with my, uh, fancy axe, maybe try and hit the other one that I haven't already damaged. Okay. It's up to you. Yep. That's what we'll do. Uh, 14, 20, mod 20. That's a hit. Okay. What on earth? It shouldn't be a seven plus seven. Oh yeah. yeah, So it'd be 21. 21. Yeah. Great. Just want to make sure you're getting everything you're supposed to. Uh, 13 points damage. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) This is where it's nice to be a barbarian. Yes. (laughs) Not a whole lot to do. Oh, in fact, when, mm, Uh when you hit Mm -hmm. the second, when you hit the first one, your mother came out of you. That's And when you hit this one, she shifts her attention to the new one. And so the greenish glow of your mother and Mm -hmm. the greenish mist around the pedestal up there, all this weird stuff is going on in this room. Uh, but you're basically, I can see you hunkered down with your axe pointed toward both of your foes. Mm-hmm. And your mother is weaving herself around the second one, the Queen. one you just hit. That's right. Yes. All right, back to me. The big creature that seems to be in charge of the other three swings at you, Peter, and misses. Okay. The creature that was attacking you down below, Womberbash, when it sees you leap up, it follows you with jerky head motions and then follows you up the stairs and it leaps at you from behind. <laughs> Rolls a one. <laughs> Falls and breaks his other and arm. And dies. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is a good time to introduce... <laughs> the thing you should have been doing all along? No, no, no. Uh, I think he is secretly the vegan zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Grains. Grains. (laughs) All right. So now the two that are facing Tira, the first one, the one you damaged first, swipes at you and rolls a 16. 16. Okay. And it's going to... uh, It's going to bite at you. It gnashes its teeth down on your arm, manages to get you on your wrist. Ooh. And you feel the the serrated teeth bite into... Which wrist is it? My axe hand or the other one? Your other one. Okay. Have you gone into a rage? I haven't. Okay. Does 12 points of damage. It's going it, to pop it, a quick rage. It bears down with its jaws, surprisingly powerful jaws, on your wrist, and then wriggles its head. Mm. And so the teeth are just tearing into the flesh of your wrist. Okay. The second one takes an attack at you. This time it's using its claws because it's trying to work around its fellow. Mm-hmm. And does five points of damage, raking across your chest. Ouch. So you are being beset mm. hard. Peter, it is your turn. Wamberbash Tira. Okay, going for another mace attack on this big guy. That is a 15. That's a hit. 
Okay. Oh, before you do that, mm-hmm. this is what I was forgetting. You need to roll a DC 10 constitution saving throw. Oh, no. That's a 16. And Womber Bash, you also need to do this because you're within five feet of it. Okay. You're lying on the floor looking up at it. <laughs> do it, Ryumi. Do it right now. Yes, or? please. Okay. It is a 16. Okay. You both managed to save. There is a foul stench that rolls out like a cloud from this thing. And as you inhale, you cough and splutter at first, but then the feeling passes very quickly. So you are not affected by this and cannot be again for another 24 hours. Nice. So because you saved, you are saved for the day. Excellent. All right, now, Peter. Five points of damage. What did you roll to hit? I rolled a 16. Okay, that is a hit. And how many points of damage? Five? Mm -hmm. Your mace bites into its flesh. And you just see a whole section of it sag away, and dust comes pouring out from inside, just like a puff. Sweet. Thanos snapped his fingers. Wamberbash, your turn. Okay, I'm going to take my short sword and thrust into the abdomen of the one that I'm looking at. Okay. Uh, the one that came from downstairs to attack you, or the one that was attacking Peter? The one that was... is Oh, is, did t- Peter already take care of that one? No, it's still up. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I'm, okay. Yeah, so you're on the floor, and you're just jabbing upward with your yep, short sword. Yep. I rolled a two. Okay. You miss. Uh, your your sword point is wavering too much, and down here in this stench and the, the mist of the thing around the pedestal, it's just too much going on. You can't see what's going on. So your sword is just waving wildly. Down below, Tira. All right, so he still has his teeth sunk into my wrist. Yes. All right. Uh, so I'm going to jerk his face toward me that since his teeth are clamped on it and try and bring my axe out oh, on his skull you missed okay. an opportunity you should have jerked his face toward you and bit right bit him right on his cheek that's you <laughs> <laughs> you do that kind of stuff that would have been awesome tira tira pulls the thing toward her uh 17 that's a hit okay what on earth Uh, 13 again. Wow. <laughs> you are crazy. Did I cut his skull in half? You shear his head right off. So now you have a head latched onto your forearm. <laughs> and after a moment, the jaw sags open. Shake him off. After a moment, the jaw sags open and then just tumbles to the floor where the ancient dust. skull just splits open. And yeah, there's just dust. Tira has taken out her first opponent. It is back to me. The thing up at the top that was attacking Peter is tired of your shenanigans, Womberbess, <laughs> and it tries to stomp down on you. It misses the thing that jumped up at you from the stairs. He is not a good fighter. <laughs> Did you roll another, another one? Not a one, but that's okay. And down below, your attacker, Tira. Mm-hmm. Not at all phased by what it just witnessed. Mm. Uh, now misses you. It's trying to step over the body of its fallen comrade and, I guess, steps wrong or something. Mm. But it fails in its attack. Peter. Again, at this guy, as I deal, like, two points or something. That's a natural 20. Yay! Yay! I forgot to celebrate. Ooh. That is 12 points of damage. You... Smash into it. You hear bones crack this time. And it leans as it stands now, but it's still able to attack. 
Wamber Bass, your turn. Okay, I'm going to um, expel um, three side points and uh, don bestial claws. Okay. And I'm going to swipe at um, the inner left thigh of the one that I'm okay now to uh, just like to dig in and just scratch down to like expose as much flesh as possible. Okay. Sixteen. That's a hit. Fantastic, and that's a D ten. Eight, uh, ten. Your claws rip from this thing that was already standing crookedly. Now its leg is flayed, and so it's not looking good, but it is still very... In fact, it's redoubling its efforts. Tira, your turn. I still have one on me, right? Yes, you do. All right. And I see why the form of my mother is coiling around this one, or is Mm -hmm. she gone? She's around this one. She's around that one. All right. I still have my uh, fancy axe. We got to yes. think of a better name for that. <laughs> my fancy axe. <laughs> um, and so I'm just going to head towards that one and meet eyes with my mother's form. And we just both nod. And I head towards them to try and swap across this midsection. That's uh, 22. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stop looking over your way. <laughs> You're getting some rolls tonight. Uh, 10 damage. Oh, man. Only 10. Well, it's out of... It was a, I rolled a 5 out of, on a 12-sided die, so it could have been way better. The thing stands straighter as if to uh, prepare itself for your attack, and it raises its arms it almost self-defensively, and your axe just cuts right across his midsection. His legs go crashing one way, his torso goes crashing the other way, and again, dust just puffs up from the floor as this thing hits and falls to pieces. Tira has cleared the bottom deck, and now it's... I don't know what you do are doing <laughs> up there! <laughs> We're not barbarians! All the action is going on up above. So, Tira, you can actually move now. I can move? Yes. Okay, I was. How far away am I? If I was just standing where I am, uh, I'm going to say 20 feet. It's within your movement range. Okay. You have 25 feet. All right. Because earlier, before I realized I had two guys on me, I was thinking that you know from here I would just grab my javelin and try and pin the. You one. can do that. Uh, well, no, that's that's an I, action. I don't, if, I don't know if I can. Well, I know not on this turn though. I mean, as earlier I was thinking of that as, as one, being one of my attacks, <laughs> but realized I've got to keep dealing with these guys who are right in front of my face. I right. can't just go and do that. Um, can I throw it twenty feet? You definitely can. Okay. It's, it's just right. that you wouldn't be able to do it. Right. This okay. Turn. So I'm just gonna. I'm turning that way and I look up there to see. That they're having a tough time with these guys. Okay, sounds good. I guess defer it till I get, if I get another turn. The big bad rolls at you, Peter. Uh-huh. And it hits. Oh, dear. Its claws again pull at you. And somehow it's managed to hook them and it pulls and it just, it's tearing into your skin. Nice. Oh. Seven points of damage. Peter is looking very bad. Now the one that was attacking you, Womberbash, it's... Okay, this one is going to hit. And it's it lunges forward with both arms over its head and it just brings its arms straight down on top of you. They puncture through your clothes and just rake down. And you feel an agony of pain as the claws do their work. 
you take eight points of damage. Peter, it is your turn. Okay, I'm going to my dying breath. Softly whack him with my mace over and over again. Softly. Because that's all I seem to be able to do. That's an 18. That is a hit. See what I mean? Three points of damage. Three. Three. You hit him in the jaw, and his head snaps, and you can even hear a bone break. Oh, nice. But it's got a little bit of life left in it. Unlife left in it. Um, hmm. Bash, it is your turn. Okay, I'm going to use my claws again. I don't have to don them this time. Um, however, that's right. I will um, take my bonus uh, points for, or bonus to hit there points. You go. For, I think. There you go. And I am going to slash again, this time in his other leg. Okay. His broken leg? He's uh, unbroken. I, I already took the left out one. I'm going to do the right one this time. Okay. Seven. That's a miss. Can I do it as a bonus action, spit on his knee? Yep. Okay. I spit on his knee. <laughs> you see your spit dropping down from his knee. <laughs> yeah, scribbling <laughs> down your chin. His knee has now been spat on. All right. Tira, from below? From below, I look up and I see Peter's in really bad shape. Yes. So I'm just going to grab my javelin out from behind me and try and pin that dude to the ground. And you're going to roll a one. Here we go. Roll no, that no, one. She's gonna roll roll that one. Roll that one. That's right. Come on now. <laughs> the DM can hope. Ooh, you almost got your wish there. So that is... Uh, so I'm adding four because I'm throwing it, right? Yeah. Yes. So it's nine. Your javelin sails past your target, <gasps> clatters into the wall, and falls to the floor up above somewhere. Blast. On the platform. Blast. And that's it. That's um, all I can do. Unless you want to move, you can move. I guess I'm going to start running up there. Okay, you charge up the stairs, and where are you trying to position yourself? Uh, well, is that big bad guy, the, the one that was in charge, right, that mm-hmm. was at the pedestal? Is he the one that's attacking Peter right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and is he facing me or is he facing Peter? He's facing Peter. Okay, so I'm going to try and take him by surprise. I'm okay. running up behind him. All right, so next turn you will have that opportunity. Okay. My turn, the big... Fellow rolls a two. That's not going to do it. And the other one rolls a three. So my turn is done. All right. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> I'm going to finish this fellow. I'm going to finish this guy. All right. That's a that's a 17. That's a hit. Yes. Come on. Hit him for real. <laughs> hit him like a man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Eight points of damage. Describe your killing blow here. I hit his head the other way ah. so that it spins. Yes, it 300, does. 360 degrees. And it doesn't make it quite 360. It oh. spins around to the back and stops. And then he falls on his face backwards. Womber <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bash, where were you? Were you behind him on the floor or were you beside him on the floor? It was in front of him because he came down, remember, with his hands. Okay. Right? Yeah. So he falls backward away from you. Okay. All okay. right, your turn. Okay, so there's one guy then who's who's the guy who was initially who originally attacked me. Yes, and um, he's right there, right? Um, he's right right on top of me, essentially, right? Uh-huh. Okay, all right. I'm gonna do bestial claws um, to this guy's um, abdomen to try to uh, rip open and spill out his dusty dusty innards. His gotcha. dusty guts. <laughs> dusty guts. Dusts. Wait, that's that guts. Yeah. <laughs> Good old dusty. 
the barbarian says, do I have to do everything? I know, right? <laughs> if, I, if I stare at it hard enough, does it change? <laughs> no, would you That's roll? a seven. Okay, that's a miss. Tira. All right, I'm just going to, let's put an end to this nonsense. I'm gonna, as I'm running, I'm grab, you know, getting my axe back out, and I'm going to come down on the guy that Bash okay. having so I'm going to say you don't even go all the way up the stairs. You just come to the next to last step, yeah. and you just bring your axe down so you have even more leverage. Okay, sure. Natty 20. What? 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 Boom! I like the way she says it, too. Natty 20. (laughs) (laughs) All right, do it. Roll a double damage. Here, I got got you. I got you. Yeah, don't use mine. (laughs) Well, I don't know. His Peter's damage dice haven't been great either. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, see, I got a five and a four. Okay, nine plus your strength bonus, four. Yeah, so that's nine plus five is 14. Your axe bites through, and this figure no longer moves. Tira has killed three of the four. <laughs> nice. Warmavish has kind of scratched everyone like a ill-behaved cat, which is why I'm so terrified of them. <laughs> he was lying on his back going, Now! <laughs> using his claws to... Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last figure falls into a dusty heap on the floor. And the green mist surges around you, Peter, and you can feel life pouring back into you. But the mist fades a little, becomes a little more transparent in the process. You are back to your full hit points. What? And then the mist, a little more slowly, but you can hear almost manic laughter as it's gliding down the hallway beyond this room. So I, I look about myself in wonder and like you know stretch my arms and stuff and you know oh man it doesn't hurt anymore, and then I'm going to pick up the little metal square, and then I guess proceed down okay. the hall. Leave that metal square. Why are you picking it up again? Again, <laughs> because it was on the pedestal. <laughs> Hey, listen, we need to have a talk. Stop touching things without discussing it. The four bodies, when you pick it up, the four bodies rise up and begin to attack. No. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Just kidding. No. No. I was going to, I'm going to attack Peter. (laughs) He must be stopped. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so the mist has left this room heading further into this Laughing maniacally. Yes. And the three of you are standing on top of the platform by the way now that you're up here you can see that those ribs that you saw sticking up are the remains of horses that were also brought here and killed Hmm. when the king was buried here Uh well i guess we i guess we should go on i I don't know what yeah let's follow her her the queen seems like it's the ghost of the queen we're following yeah i guess so okay you enter the hallway beyond this room, and it comes to a dead end. You go in about 15 feet, and then you're faced with a blank stone wall. Is the, is the mist there? The mist is not here. What you do see as you stand there in, this, in the flickering light of your torch is a blank wall in front of you, a chain on either side of this hallway. Mm. I don't understand. There's, there's nothing in here. Not even the mist. Can we find the mist? You don't see any trace of it. Something's not right. I look at my middle square. Is there anything on it? 
there are little hinges around the edges and if you will give me a sleight of hand with a DC of 10. Oh dear. That was a sleight of hand way to roll that die. <laughs> it rolled back that out of his hand. It popped out of my hand. Uh, that's a seven. Okay. Uh, you see Peter, the other two of you are watching him as he pulls this metal square out. And he just kind of flaps it like you're holding a, a paper bird and making the wings flap. <laughs> and you, you hear the squeaking of the hinges on this thing, but he's not making any sense out of it. Uh, Peter, let me see that. Here, take it. Let the dwarf try. Yeah. Here, have my little birdie. Do I try a sleight of hand? Yes. Thingy? DC of 10. 17. Okay. Tira says, let me show you how this is done. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> she takes the metal square from you. And as you play with it, you notice that the this piece of metal is cunningly crafted in a way that it can fold into several different shapes. A triangle, a square, a pentagon, and a hexagon. So just by, by folding and unfolding, you can form it into each of these different shapes. But that's all there is to it. There's no markings on it. Nothing like that. We've been into a triangle room. We've been in a square room and a pentagonal room. And it can form a hexagon as well. So what happens if we make the hexagon? I don't know. This room is not hexagonally shaped. This room is not shaped. This is the dead end. <laughs> I mean, you can try it, but is there? There's. I don't see anywhere to put this. See, we go back to where the pedestal is and put it into that shape, and then put it on the pedestal. Hmm. All right. Okay, you step back fifteen feet, shape it as a hexagon, and then just rest it on the pedestal, and it lies there, glinting dully in the torchlight. So there's no like shape for us to stick it in. Right. It's just a flat pedestal. Fold it into a crane. (laughs) (laughs) It's a goose. I don't understand. Uh, something's not right. Something's definitely not right. There's a platform, there were stairs, and there was a pedestal, and then there were the four chairs, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and there were creatures in them that we have now destroyed, mm-hmm. and the pedestal is still remains. The, the mist went away laughing yeah. and a little weaker because it healed um, Peter. Peter. And this piece of metal was up on the pedestal. Yes. Uh, is there anything else significant about this room? Is there any yeah, runes? The Are there any or... like like? There's no murals. There's no none of the other markings that would catch your eye. Can we form the metal into a triangle and put it on the pedestal? Done. Then next, put it into a square. Done. And put it on the pedestal, and then put it into what 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 shape room is this? Pentagon. A pentagon. Put it on the pedestal. Done. Okay. Now put it into the. Hexagon. Yeah, the hexagon. Done. Nothing happened. Nothing. Now, remember what I told you about this hallway, right? No. No. (laughs) It dead ends. It dead ends and? There's two chains. There's two chains. Can we attach it to the chains? How far apart are they? There's one on either wall. It's it's a 10-foot wide hallway. So basically, chain dangling down Mm -hmm. a little bit, as in maybe a foot. Mm -hmm. And it looks like there's a handle on the end. Mm Mm-hmm. And then on the other wall, to your right, a similar setup. So right, they're too go. far apart for us to... Let's go back down there and let's um, chain Peter up to the wall. <laughs> um, <Poor> Peter. <laughs> now let's go down there and you pull one side and I'll pull the other. 
Sounds good to me. You think we can pull these walls together? Let's just try to pull. See what happens. All right, I'll take one. Okay. Uh, Roll me, both of you who are pulling, roll me a DC 12 strength check. Got it. 15. 15. Okay. You both pull, and individually, you're... You, you feel a clunk, clunk, clunk as the links of the chain come out of the wall. Your chain is pulling, and as you pull, the wall in front of you, the dead-end wall, splits down the middle and begins to separate to either side of the hallway, exposing a hallway beyond. Oh, that's clever. But there's a problem. If, I mean, if we let go of these chains, isn't the wall going to go back together? Go. Yeah, Only can, one of us can go on. You can feel the tension. Are there hooks uh, out from the wall a little further down the uh, the hallway? At there all? are not. In fact, the wall that you're separating right now appears to be about 20 feet long. So these are giant stone blocks that you're pulling apart. Here, how about this? I have, oh, whoops. I have rope in my backpack. What we can do is we can just uh, tie the ropes... Like like we can loop loop it through the links and tie them at at a length where they just can't, where they can stay where they are and we can all go on together. Hopefully, we can try, but this feels really heavy. It's very heavy. You, in fact, you feel yourself sliding across yeah. the gritty floor toward the wall. How about we tie multiple? Uh, how about we cut uh, several lengths of rope and tighten multiple places to add strength to the rope? What uh, can can Peter look inside it while we have um, yeah, opened up the door to see open. what's on the inside? Can you see anything through there, Peter? Uh, what do I see? You see it disappears into darkness beyond your torchlight. You can guys, I see right. that? you guys, you, you guys. can see down, but um, your vision is what thirty feet, sixty feet, and and no sign Probably of the green 60. mist. You can see the green glow, the familiar green glow, down further. Here, you guys, uh, hold it as long as you can. If the if the wall closes. Wait here until you hear me knocking on the other side, and then open it for me. How thick is this door? This this stone door? About twenty feet. Too thick for it's, us. To... It's going to be too thick. Okay, yeah, I don't think that's a good plan. Mm. One of us is going to. I mean, I I don't see any way around besides one of us going forward while the other two open this door. And since based Pete... on the pull, Terry, you think you could hold both chains? It would be a test for you. It would be a DC fifteen mm-hmm. for your strength. To hold both chains simultaneously. You've but, been getting the better rolls, though. Yeah. And we can't just send Peter in there by himself. He just touches everything. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be dead before. Before we can get to him. They're um, going to kill Peter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get out of here All right. before somebody goes. All right, you two. I think I can hold these. I think I can hold this open. Let me try it. Let me try. You go in with Peter. What? Yeah. Give it a try, Bash, but I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that can do this. I'm pretty sure you are, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't a one. (laughs) You hand him your end of the chain, and he grabs it. He doesn't even get a hold of it. It He goes slamming against the wall. Ow. And the the passageway closes. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try it. You two be ready to run through that door, because I don't know how long I can (sighs) hold it. Okay. Are you ready? Be ready. Ready. I'm actually already sprinting. I rolled a 15. Okay. Tira, you gather both chains and you pull, you bring your hands together. I mean, you're... Ah! Go, go! And 
the door is the passageway is open. I've been sprinting. All right, so down while the she's hole. holding this, can I? Uh... <laughs> 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 behind her with a feather and <laughs> let's, let's examine. <laughs> All right, let's, here, let's roll. Intricate let's roll. R- so we run through the door. Okay, you run down the hallway and you come out the other end twenty feet later. Mm-hmm. And as you run through, uh, roll me a perception check. Ha. <laughs> Fourteen. Uh, that's I rolled a four. Okay, Wamberbash, you shove Peter forward. So Peter, you're stumbling forward toward the green mist. Wamberbash, as you do that, you're trying to clear him out of the passageway. Uh, you glance over his head and you see a, a lever in the wall. I'm gonna pull the lever. Okay, you pull the lever. You hear a <laughs> you hear a kachunk. Peter. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> and suddenly the walls come to life and attack you. Uh, you hear a kachunk, and Tira, you immediately feel the chains go slack at your end, and there's no more pressure on you. Uh, whatever you got, whatever you did in there, I, I can let go of the chains now. I'm coming. I'm coming down there. All right, well, hurry up. I, I run down. I'm coming with you. Oh, no. no. Face swap. Yeah. All right, so I run run down the hallway to, to meet them. Okay, you hear Tira's labored pounding down the hallway. Flat, and flat, uh, flat, she, flat. she comes, she bursts through, and there, Peter, you're sitting on the floor staring ahead. You see the green mist in front of an elaborate door. It's a door that appears to open in the middle and down its surface, down its front facing you are a series of indentations in the door in the shape of a triangle, a square, a uh, pentagon, and a hexagon. Uh-huh. What shape is this room that we're in? You're in a hallway. In a, ha- a, oh, it's a hallway? hallway. Okay. Yeah, a rectangular hallway. Uh, uh, let's just start putting here, the... Here, I, I, I take the metal square, and I shape it into a hexagon and put it in, push it into the indent. Okay, you do that. There is a click, and the door swings open into the room beyond, and the room is hexagonally shaped. The doors creak open, and the thick carpet of dust on the floor beyond is disturbed for the first time in a thousand years. Wispy webbing stretches all over the place, altering the shape of this hexagonal room. Across from you is a series of broad steps leading to yet another platform. There is no evident passage out of this room other than the door through which you came. This time, at the top, is a sarcophagus, whose shiny gold surface shows even under the layer of dust. Wide, staring eyes painted on the lid stare upward. At its foot is a wooden table that bears several sealed jars of various sizes. The green mist surges into the room and with an effort manages to form itself into the queen once more. She stands there for a long moment, her impassive face staring at it in silence. Then her face distorts and she lurches forward, a trembling shriek echoing through the chamber. She falls on the lid, scrabbling at it with desperate fingers. It doesn't take long for her to tire herself out and her mostly incorporeal form pants heavily as she turns to you with beseeching eyes. Peter? Yes? Don't say anything or do anything. There's a dull thud. Something immensely strong rams into the sarcophagus lid, causing it to lift and slide slightly to the side. One more solid thud, and the beautiful golden cover tips heavily at an angle. 
then slams face down on the dust-covered floor, sending up a plume. What happens next is fascinating yet terrifying at the same time. A bandage-wrapped arm punches straight forward, sending the ghost careening backward even as it dissipates into its misty form. And then a mummy steps slowly out onto the stone floor, bones cracking and creaking as it straightens its frame. As it steps forward to attack those who have disturbed its rest, you can see a chocolate-brown glint from under the wrappings where the left eye should be, and a significant part of the wrappings on that side of its head seem to be caved in. Roll for initiative. Oh, oh man. No. <laughs> Nine. Oh, my goodness. Five. Natural one. So that's right. a three for me. All right. I rolled a 15. Tira followed by... Womber Bash with a five. <laughs> you guys is stank. Followed by yeah. Peter with a one. <laughs> yeah, we got that part. Okay. The thing takes stock of its surroundings. How did you arrange yourselves in this room? You were all still down on the lower level, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you all just kind of came into the room all in a little group? Yeah, maybe. Uh, was any one of you leading? Peter, you opened the door. I yeah, they, they were already in there. Okay. Right? And I just came running up. So, yeah, Peter, they, they were at the door. Right. And then he opened the door, and I'm assuming he was the first one through. Yeah, since he was oh. the one that pressed the, okay. the metal, and I would All right. think so. So, yeah, Peter, since you're the one at the point of the spear right now, it lumbers towards you and swings at you. You can smell a mixture of death and spices. It's an odd combination. But that fist, that bandage wrap fist comes swinging through the air and it has multi-attack. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, (laughs) no. What did it roll? You need to do a DC 12 constitution saving throw. And you need to roll well. (laughs) That's a nine. The fist connects right in the side of your head, dealing 10 points of damage. Mm. Oh, my goodness. What, <laughs> this is not good. What have you what done? Have I, done? <laughs> I have don't you know. Done? What did you do? And three necrotic damage. Oh, nice. What's that? It's extra damage of a different type, so don't, don't worry about it now. Okay. You have contracted mummy rot. <gasps> yes. And then... The visage turns toward you, Womberbash. It's glittering eyes, that chocolate brown eye underneath the wrapping, and another one that's peering through the other side. Look at you. You need to do a DC 11 wisdom saving throw. Missed it. Failed it. You feel an overwhelming sense of terror come over you, and you can only run in the opposite direction. Okay. So you are fleeing this room back out into the hallway, leaving Tira and Peter to face this thing. Ah. <laughs> so what do I do? <laughs> now, so. Tira, it is your turn. All right. I, let's, let's do it. I grab my big fancy axe, and I'm just going to move forward and try and lop its head off. Okay. It, by the way, this is about six and a half feet tall. It's an enormous 
figure. Okay, so maybe instead of trying to lop its head off, I try to cut across its cut it in half. Yeah, I, I wasn't calling into question your wording. I was just letting you know it's tall. Well, I just didn't know if I'd be able to reach it. You know, you won't be able I, to reach its head from here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, because legs are always a good I thing. Can't <laughs> be like this. You know, that wouldn't be. Got to fell the tree. <laughs> right. All right, here we go. Oh wow. <sighs> Ten. Uh, ten total. Yeah. Okay. You just miss. So maybe maybe you snag one of its bandages, and okay. it rips again, sending up dust. But you miss. Ugh. Womberbash, you are basically going to be frightened until the end of the mummy's next turn. So you're going to continue to run the opposite direction. Okay. Peter. It is your turn. You feel as if the blood inside of you is starting to turn to dust. Oh, sweet. So I'm going to just, uh, using the same policy as last room, fight until I am no more. Go for it. (sighs) Oh, man. (laughs) These are not good sounds we're making. That's a seven. That's a miss. Something about that hit is affecting your ability to fight. Back to the top. The mummy staggers forward and takes a swing at you, Tira. Okay. Does not roll enough. He rolled a 12, and that's not going to be enough to hit you. Uh, and then it turns to glare at, it glares at you, so you need to do a, a DC 11 wisdom saving throw. Come on. Whatever you roll plus your wisdom. Natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are immune to the glare. His eyeball, yes. his eyeball explodes. Yeah, I, I intimidate mummies. <laughs> All right, mummies are afraid of me, y'all. Why did you have to roll your natural twenty then, and not with like it's your as good a time as any? Yeah. I mean, come on, he's getting ready to hypnotize me. Wombarash is running for the hills. You're turning into a mummy. One of us has to be able to resist this guy. Yeah, that's true. All right, it is Tira's turn. All right, so I say. <laughs> That's not going to work on me. <laughs> and I take my axe and I'm just going to go backwards the other way. There you go. Uh, so 23. That's a hit. All Confirmed. right. Confirmed. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's a 12 plus 5, 17. Mm. What on earth? Max Your axe damage. bites deep. And you can hear this thing go. Hearts don't it. It reaches down and wrenches the axe out of its side, preparing for its attack. Womberbash. Come on! You are now free of the effect, and you find yourself at the lever in the hallway. Okay. I'm going to pull the lever in the hallway. I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm going to turn around and run toward... Uh, uh, (laughs) No, I'm I'm just uh, I'm going to run back toward uh, in, into the room okay. as far as I can. You can make what it am up, I doing out here? You can make it up to the mummy. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's I'm, almost like a haze lifts from you, and you you don't know what why you're out here in the hall. Yeah, that's a good call. All right. I'm going to um, I'm gonna don um, uh, tough, uh, tough hide again. So I'm going to uh, do um, two side points. So my armor class is back up again to, to 17. Okay. And then... Um, I'm going to try to um, take my sword and just go right into um, his his abdomen with it, basically. Gotcha. My short sword. I need to expel a luck point. Okay. This is technically a new, new fight. One, right? Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Because that was disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Wombervast, what is up with you? Stupid. <laughs> uh, it's a 10. Okay, that is not enough. Peter. Yeah. All right, again, with the mace. My little toy stick thing. <laughs> Your little bob stick. My bob stick. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's a 16. That is a hit. Oh, sweet. The thing was so focused on Tira and wrenching the axe out of its own side that it left an opening for you to hit. To deal another three points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of poke him gently. Does it hurt if I push here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh. All right, back to me. Uh, the <laughs> uh, Go ahead and do a DC 11 wisdom saving throw, Peter, um, Wombervash. Natural 20. Oh, rats. I was hoping to send you back out in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. it, you see that glittering chocolate eye look at you. And I'm going to say, that chocolate looks tasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whoa. And so it swings its fist at you and rolls a four. <laughs> what on earth? So it misses quite badly. All right. Tira, your turn. All right. No, I just need to roll the natural twenty. <laughs> is it time? Is it time to rage? I guess. Yes. So yes. Tira's gonna go into a rage. Yes. She's been through enough today. I hate dead people. I hate dead people. <laughs> yeah. I go into a rage, and my ancestral thing happens yes. too. Yes. Yes. Very yes. good. Um. And so I see the form of my, she comes out of me, basically. Yes. She emanates from you. Emanates from me, and... You can see her yeah. plucking at the leg and the bandages, and so she's hampering his movement. All right. Not mechanically, but... Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, so, uh, swiping across again. Am I any higher? I can't... That's okay. Maybe I try and bring it down into his sternum. Okay, good. Uh, 12. That is a hit. Oh, okay. Wow. Was not expecting that. He's a, he's a mummy. We should expect that his armor class should be low. Oh, okay. Another max damage. That's 17. Are you sure you want to... Are you sure you want to class away from Barbarian? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> never made my mind on oh, that. Oh, and you get two extra because you're raging. Oh, so uh, what was that? Then 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah, you get two rage damage okay. added on. Uh, so you hear a crack as your axe bites into his chest, and you can see stuff starting to spill out. It's uh, stuffings and various things. It's not blood at all. Right, right. It's just some of those spices that were put in him to help preserve him. And now it is Wamberbash and then Peter. Those jars, I presume, have his body parts in them, correct? You can presume that. I don't know if Wamberbash would know that. You're he right. Read, he read books. Like, if he, if he, he knew did. about pitch, he might have been reading about that kind true. of civilization. That's so. true. Uh, why don't you give me an intelligence check with a DC of 12? And if you've got that, then you know that those are canopic jars. Yes, that, I have 15. Some hidden corner of your mind tickles. And you remember looking at a book with interesting pictures in it when you were a child. And you remember seeing a body laid out with its various internal components put into various jars. Uh, how, how far is the platform up to those jars? Uh, it's 20 feet. Okay. 
I'm gonna try something. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna um, use um, uh, Mighty Leap. Uh, just one point will take me up there to 20 feet, and I'm gonna come right down on those jars and smash them up and okay. try to just smash the jars up and maybe completely annihilate or smash whatever is inside of those jars, maybe having a possible effect on him. As um, you leap away, yeah. it swings and connects with your leg and roll a DC 12 constitution saving throw. 19, or I'm tank 20 total, 18. Okay. Oh, come on. You feel warmth spread from where the hit fist hits you. It's going to do damage, but you don't take, you don't contract the disease. Okay. So you take five, six points of damage from the bludgeoning attack and 13 points of necrotic damage as the fist connects with you. Okay. Do I make it up to the jars? Yes, you make it up to the jars and you land on the table. Yes, okay. and just cr- trying to smash them. I can see them. you descending with your feet and you're just positioning your feet as you're coming down and you cover the entire table. You smash into it. It shatters to splinters. All the jars on it just go flying into fragments every which way and all the stuff which has long since dried out mm-hmm. dissolves into a fine powder and you feel yourself actually breathing some of it up into your nose. Oh, no, I have lungs in my (laughs) lungs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That does not seem to have any effect on the mummy. Okay. But the jars are now all shattered completely. So I I, I effectively destroyed the jars. Yes. Excellent. That's what I was going for. Peter, it is your turn. (laughs) All right. I'm going to uh, just take another swing at this mummy. That's a 17. That's a hit. Awesome. Three points of damage. (laughs) (laughs) That is just your number tonight, honey. Okay. You are over there going, ha ha. (laughs) Just swinging your mace in front of you and manage to connect. Yes, like Kermit. Treasure treasure Island. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Not not a whole lot of skill involved. You're just trying to do the the blur of motion (laughs) thing. All right. Get ready to feel the thunder. <laughs> well. All right. It attacks you, Peter. Ooh, it's going to hit. Nope. Wow. Eight points of bludgeoning damage and 12 points of necrotic damage. Mm. Hang on a second. So that's, uh, Is he dead? Uh, Did he drop to zero? I'm below zero. Okay. The thing grabs Peter by the collar of his of his scale mail, pushes him back, and then uses the distance between to shove his fist forward. And a red glow emanates from his fist where it contacts with Peter's armor. And you just hear a sickening crunch from beneath the armor. And then Peter slumps to the floor. He is Peter! Not, he is not moving. Tira goes into a bonus rage. No kidding. Extra rage. You hear the mummy go, <sighs> Can I, like, sick my mom on him or something? It Wait. Is, ah. She, he's hold not on. attacking me, That's so right. he should it's, be at a disadvantage. Let's back that up. <gasps> excellent. Excellent. That was excellent. Oh, no. His second roll was a 12 which is total 17 which misses me and that misses <laughs> good job tira <laughs> good job tira 
<laughs> Peter, you just thought you witnessed your life flashing before your eyes. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a premonition. It was 12 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and the mummy, you managed to bring your shield up just enough to block the mummy's fist from hitting you in the chest. Stand that down, fell creature of the night. <laughs> that was close. Even the re-roll was very close. Oh, man. Bash, or, I'm sorry. Back to me. Tira, yeah. Womberbash, Peter. All right. So uh, he's gone towards Peter. Uh-huh. So he's facing away from me now. Yes. Um, so I'm going to make toward him and try and cleave him in the back. Okay. I can see you running up on the stairs and leaping toward him yeah. from the stairs. <laughs> Zena style. Yeah. All right, so uh, 25. That's a hit. What even? <laughs> what even? She adds 20 to her roll. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh. Well, so nine with my rage damage. What? <laughs> I rolled a two, which is pitiful. Oh. Is there anything you want to say as you're flying through the air? Or, or <laughs> just... I'm just <laughs> yes, yes, please. Yes, Your please. axe buries itself through the mummy and it falls to the floor and begins to dissipate. As the mummy's last dying groan seeps into the piles of dust, the greenish mist rolls about your feet, then swirls upward with difficulty, forming once more the ghostly figure of the queen. She appears to look upon the tattered remains of the figure at your feet, then raises her eyes to meet yours individually. The queen's face loses its tautness and the look of intense hatred. Peter, she looks at you with sadness in her eyes and folds you in a ghostly embrace. You can feel the chill of her fingers on your back through your armor. And then you feel that dusty feeling from inside you begin to dissipate. And then she sighs deeply. The mist, no longer hugging the floor, rises into the air and disappears. And you can hear gentle laughter (laughs) as her soul is set free. You have cleared this tomb of an ancient king. And inside this final chamber... There is treasure. Yes! <laughs> yes. Treasure! Right. It was inside about? the sarcophagus with him. There is a vast pile of coins. 2,700 copper. Here, I'll carry this. 400 silver. 50 gold pieces. Scattered throughout the sarcophagus, there are several stones that appear to be of monetary value. Gems. There are three citrines which are transparent, pale Mm yellow-brown, a quartz, which is smoky gray, one onyx, there's that onyx we were talking about at the beginning of this, a black stone with a thin white band around it, that's the onyx, and then a moonstone, which is translucent white with a pale blue glow, and one chalcedony, which is opaquely white. And, this is where it gets fun, if you can hand me the Dungeon Master's Guide under that stack of books there. We are going to roll. You are going to get to roll each of you individually once to see what else is in this chest. Ooh, yay. Presents. That's right. Not just any kind of presents. 
Because if, if it's coming from the DMG, now that there's it's there's magic. still treasure over in the first chamber of that or room. That skeleton, that, that skeleton was. Skeleton was holding onto one of the cups. Yeah, so. so we might be able to like scoop up what's in there as well. Uh, you can try that. I'm not. Dude died getting that cup, so I don't know. <laughs> Holy Grail. Okay, each of you roll your percentage dice. So you should have oh, two percentage. d10s. Yeah. 84. 84. 37. All right. All right. And my, 71. Okay, let's start with Tira with 84. There is a helmet inside here yeah. that you might once have worn. And that's all you can tell from it. A helmet that who might would have worn? That the mummy may have oh. worn in life. All right. Womberbash? 71. There is a leather bag that has a tannish color to it. And Peter? 37. There is a cloak also that may have once been worn by the king. Hey, I know where that is. They're really rare. (laughs) (laughs) And one last thing. As the body of the mummy hit the floor and the head split open, a single star stone came tumbling out. This was the star stone that killed the king and accounts for the chocolatey eye that was peering out from under the wrappings. I'm going to scoop that thing up. I'm going to scoop that sucker up. Peter, you touch the stone, the chocolatey glow, which was already fading when the mummy died, begins to turn green in your hand. And you feel the music surging in you once more. Yay, Peter! You gather these trinkets or the treasures. Uh, Is there anything else you want to do on the way out of the tomb? So I mean, if we go in the alcove and gather up the treasure that was in there, maybe as much as we can carry, because it seems like it might be too much. Hey, you've got that bag. What do we get for? You know what I mean? Like, is there, are, are we the gonna... treasure as we you have to go backwards as you get there and take a closer look at it? You see that it's all pretty cheap looking. It wasn't actual treasure. I see. It's like fool's gold. Uh, I, can I take the, the the chalice though, or the cup at least? That is very cheap tin that had paste stones glued onto it. I see. Okay. It was there as a... Can I leave that then alone? (laughs) You absolutely can. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. You make your way back to the camels in the very entrance to this whole place. And they are up and alert. The storm has passed outside. And you are free to go back out. Where's Fashon? We don't know yet, I guess. We haven't seen him yet? You have not seen him. Okay. You mount up on your camels who seem to be pretty well recovered. Yeah. Maybe a little spooked, but they line their way through the the slit in the wall and back out into the canyon. All right. And from nearby, you hear a voice call, There you are. I've been looking all up and down this gorge for you. Where have you been? <laughs> you do not even want to know. I doubt you would believe. Even this is a place time. of great mystery and lots of death has occurred through this valley. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah. Where, where did you go? You, I, you were right with me in the storm and then, then you were gone. We just happened to find this and, and just thought we would Find take what? Shit. This is ravine. This, ru- this, this crevice, crevice in right the here, wall. You right don't here. see it? To shield ourselves from the storm. You look back and there is no crevice there whatsoever. What? What? It was, there was, 
there was there was a, a cavern in the wall. It was a, yeah, there was a we cur- went in there during the storm. This is a place of great mystery. Absolutely. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I should expect so. Wow. And that was our Halloween adventure. Halloween adventure! <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk experience points. Oh, my word. Oh, buddy. Uh, could I get at least one point for, like, my rope idea with the... I was going to... I had that noted. I want to give you a point for that for being an intelligent use of your inventory items to solve a challenge. You didn't end up doing it, but that was a clever approach. You guys wouldn't let me do Womber it. Bash, I also want to award you one experience point for thinking of taking out the canopic jars, perhaps thinking that that might have some effect on the zombie is what yeah. I'm assuming. For fully exploring the tomb, you get 10 experience points each. Yes. For killing a ghast, you get five experience points each. For killing ghouls, you get six experience points each. Dude. For killing a mummy, which I have never fought in any of my D&D experience, so this was all new and fun for me, five experience points each. No way. For freeing the ghost, ten experience Woo! points oh, each. my goodness. Happy Ooh. Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, for sure. <laughs> Did you look up? Uh, yeah. We, we'll get to that in the recap. You cook a brother up. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need three points. Okay. If there's anything at all you guys can scrape up to give me three oh, points, that would be man. fantastic. Well, I think you deserve do. points because you're the only one who could figure out what to do in that stinking disc room. I was lost. Hey, I helped. I helped a little bit. Yes, you bit. did. <laughs> and you can okay. get some points, too. Let's talk, let's talk Norse battle. I want to nominate Bash over here because I was not getting that chamber with the discs and the sticks and the pitch and the whatever. (laughs) And I would have just sat down and cried (laughs) if we had not gotten through that. So Michael needs some points for figuring out how that was supposed to work. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to stretch this out. (laughs) Take point five. (laughs) Other thoughts? Um, me for role-playing Peter and like figuring out what the different celestial bodies were and yeah. the, on the yeah. mural and His all that. His knowledge of helping us figure out what that um, mural was all about. Yeah, why don't you take one for that? Um, you got the benefit of understanding some of the history. Mm-hmm. Actually, make it two. Sweet. Hey, me tying the uh, camels together so nope. they didn't just run it off. Run off. <laughs> Take one for that. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Okay. Yes. We are coming close to the end of our candles here. Yes. We have an elaborate Halloween setup for this evening's game. Pictures to be posted. And pictures will be posted on our Instagram. Uh, But any other experience points before we close out? Hey, can I just have five? Up top. Yeah. <laughs> hey, actually, I think, oh. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Tira should get some because she essentially single-handedly saved our lives. Why don't we Seriously. do that? Let's go with Seriously. three experience points for okay. being the savior, the physical hero of the yeah. day. I mean, because both, both, not only the multiple uh, zombies, but even even the, 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 and, you know, the last mummy, we would never have made it without it her. It would have been tough. Man, 
Peter would have died. I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah. yeah, he would have died because you didn't have your spirit ancestry. Or at least yeah. had to make all my death saving throws and all that. I didn't realize that on a hit with his fist, he does bludgeoning and necrotic damage. 2d6 plus 3 for the hit. 3d6 plus 3 for the necrotic Wow. It's powerful. Now, throughout all of my turns, I had plus 32 hit points. Wow. So you so didn't e- re- even with the 13 plus 6 plus 8, I still never went below my standard my standard hit points, which nice. is nice. That's awesome. That, that's what's dope about the Mystic. Yeah, and the Immortal yeah, yeah, in particular. Yeah. Okay, do we have any other experience point awards? How many mm. do you need, uh, guys, to, to live? Well, I guess we'll get there in a minute, but before we yeah. go... Let me see. Let me wreck my brain here. Um, <laughs> no, I can't think of any. Okay. <clears throat> now, now here's the deal. With that last door, Peter immediately got the right shape, put uh-huh. it in there, and the door opened immediately. Yes. Just on the first try. Like, it, yes. there was no, like, anything about that. Right. <laughs> okay. So our, our okay. reward was not having to delay getting the door, I guess. Okay, all right. You are right about that. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. He did do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And your point being... I think I can give you one for that, for figuring out that puzzle. Yes. I I awarded points for Michael for figuring out the disc room. Okay. All right. Let's hear your experience point totals. All right. Meredith. Tira is 95 points into level three. Womber Bash is exactly 100 points. He will be leveling up to level four. Ooh, boy. Peter Greyhawk is 96 into level three <laughs> congratulations wow. i really wanted to do a halloween episode and i wanted to do several things i wanted to have puzzles i wanted to make this a longer than usual episode which it is oh yeah yeah i noticed uh yeah we're at two and a half hours right now that's the uh director's cut <laughs> <laughs> and i wanted to make it appropriately spooky so we had all the little get up and everything here we have mummies and ghouls and ghasts and ghosts and i just thought this is so much fun so we hope you enjoyed this special episode and enjoy the longer playtime and hopefully all the puzzles make sense (laughs) (laughs) anyway i had a lot of fun running through this adventure hope you enjoyed it yourselves and we will see you here again next time at Stack of Dice. Hopefully causing light to come out of and through the blue stone into the disc onto the pitch. Ball. Wow. That's... <laughs> that's I, okay. intricate. I, I'm imagining... <laughs> Some listener during this, once this is released, someone listening to this podcast and going, no dummies, like they get it immediately what we're supposed to do. And they're sitting there going, are you serious? Take the thing and do this thing. And we're like, ah, I have no idea.